Today's scripture reading comes from Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 14. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send famine on the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing of the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They shall run to and from to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. In that day, the lovely virgins and the young men shall faint for thirst. Those who swear by the guilt of Samaria and say, As your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. Thank you, Connor. How are we doing this morning, church? I'm great. If you heard someone around you say they're not doing good, maybe you should check in with them after, after church this morning. If you've been with us throughout this series, you have heard a lot of bad news. We spent a significant time in Amos to hear God's judgment on the people. But I don't want you to think that we're trying to preach about the fire and the brimstone so that you should turn before you burn. Have you heard that? Now, the reason that it's so crucial that we're familiar with what the prophets are challenging the people is because the message of the prophets is the message of Jesus. When you read the prophets, you see this vivid picture of who God is and what he wants for his creation. But apart from that, there are two significant reasons why you and I should be experts in the prophets. One reason is that Jesus was an expert in the prophets. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see a number of places where the authors include a citation like, it is written or you have heard. But apart from these, if we pour over the rest of what Jesus says, most of it, if not all of it, is interacting with Old Testament scripture, and a lot of times it's interacting with the prophets. In fact, much of Jesus's ministry and most of his teaching is just echoing and fulfilling what the prophets have already said. And we'll see one such example in Amos later this morning. The second reason that you and I need to be prophetic experts is that the prophets, among other things, are pointing to Jesus. I wouldn't be surprised if this series has been challenging for you to hear, because truthfully, it's been challenging for me to speak to you. No one wants to hear the bad news, and certainly no one wants to be the bearer of bad news. Maybe there are some of you that like to do that. But if there is no bad news, there's no need for Jesus. If everything down here is great— then we don't need Jesus. If what's going on in our culture about how we should accept other people and how we should treat other people is the best way, then we really don't need anything else, right? I'm going to make the assumption that if you're here, then you have an idea that Jesus has something better to offer you and something better to offer this world. The reason the gospel is, of Jesus is good news is it means that we are no longer recipients of the bad news. And the prophets, even though they're packed full of destruction and judgment and punishment, always include a glimmer of hope. As 
as they'll say, a remnant will remain. And that glimmer of hope among the bad news is the cross. And my hope is that as we press through the bad news once more, the good news will become all the more visible to us. That even while we were still sinners, especially when we deserve the bad news, Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. Amen? Over the past month, we've looked at two prophets who brought bad news to the people. We spent one week with Elijah, and we've spent the rest of our time with Amos. And as we've seen through Amos' message, God has a lot to say to his people, his people and the foreign nations, and it isn't good. This might be hard for us to hear, since it isn't necessarily the loving and merciful God that we've all come to, uh, come to know. But when people don't want to hear what God has to say, what God has to say is bad news. And when people want to live in sin, the message of the cross is a rock of offense. That's what Jesus says. It's not peaceful. And as we've said time and time again, like Amos, we are now prophets. We are now priests. The responsibility to take the message of God to the people is on us, whether or not they want to hear it. Are we going to let sin continue to reign in this world? Are we going to let the people around us continue to live in sin? Or is anyone going to say something? That's what we've been trying to think about over this past month. And in the two weeks that remain in this series, we'll focus on the ending of Amos' message. I promise there's good news to come. But we don't need the good if there is no bad. Now believe me, Amos doesn't want to say this bad news more than the people don't want to hear this bad news. Amos just wants to go back to his simple life as a farmer, as a shepherd. When Amos hears the word of the Lord, he can't help but share it. Once more, would you read the words in orange with me again? The lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? Now people are going to try to silence Amos, but he has to speak the truth. We'll see a little bit of that this morning. In recent weeks, we've looked outward at them, at the foreign nations. We've looked inward at us, at God's people, to hear what bad news is coming when people don't obey what, what the Lord has to say. More specifically, we've heard the bad news that's coming to people when they don't live the way that they were created to. God created his people for a purpose. And when people choose sin, in any facet of life, the effects of sin are felt everywhere. With all that in mind, let's look one last time at the bad news. How bad is it going to be, really? And do the people really deserve this judgment that's coming to them? What we'll see this morning is that all this bad news, all the terrible things that Amos has brought to, to the Israelites, all the terrible things that Amos has brought to the foreign nations, all the fire and brimstone is good news in disguise. The true bad news would be to leave the people to rot in sin. What do we want for the people in our life? Do we want them to know God, or do we want them to know judgment? Are we going to tell people the bad news anyways, so that they have an opportunity to know God and to know life? Judgment sounds scary, it's a scary word, but it's not bad news, not when people are willing to listen. So Amos has spent a lot of time talking about this bad news, but, but what is it really going to look like? It can't be that bad. This is what Amos has to say about the end. 
which is near for the Israelites, <clears throat> starting in Amos uh, chapter 8, verse 1. This is what the Lord God showed me. Behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. And the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I will never again pass by them. The songs of the temple shall become wailings in that day, declares the Lord God. So many dead bodies, they were thrown everywhere, silence. Songs will become wailing and silence, a sign that the end is near. If Amos is making any attempt to sugarcoat this message, I don't think I see it, do you? He could not be any more blunt about what's going to happen. He wants people to understand the seriousness of what's coming. There's a cool uh, play on words here in Amos 8 that comes up again during the life of Jesus. In this back and forth with God, God sets before Amos a basket of summer fruit, likely figs. The play on words is that the Hebrew word for summer fruit and the Hebrew word for end sound really similar. Caius and Kes. And what God has set before Amos is a figurative basket of end time fruit. Uh, a figurative sign that the end is, is coming. Summer fruit and fig trees are found at different places in the prophets to talk about God's coming judgment and the bad news of the people. Even Jesus has an interaction with this summer fruit where he sees the fig tree and he curses it. Are you familiar? This scene has, uh, in Jesus' life has, has honestly been confusing for a lot of people. In Matthew 21, Jesus sees the fig tree and is hungry. But the tree is bare, so he curses it, and it shrivels up and dies. And the fig tree comes back again in Matthew 24, when Jesus is talking about the coming of the Son of Man and the signs of the end of the age. And he says, when you see the fig tree and the branch is tender and it begins to sprout its leaves, you'll know that the summer is near. This figurative language, you get it? Figurative language? Sorry about that. Um, this figurative language about summer fruit is used because God's people are frequently referred to as his vineyard, as his plant, as his garden. And when, it, and when it is time for the fig tree, for the summer fruit to be harvested, if there's no fruit to be found, the fruit has become bad, then the vineyard will be destroyed. We won't read it, but Isaiah chapter 5 is an excellent example of this the song of the vineyard, the heartbreak of God when his people are not fruitful. This is what we see happening here in Amos chapter 8. Sound. To want and to need something so badly, so necessary, like water, and no amount of drinking water will satisfy you. This is the way that sin affects our souls. It, it pretends to provide us something that often is a good thing, but it never satisfies us because it's not how we, were, how we were created to live. Sin lies to us by offering us joy and pleasure, but it leaves us empty. Sin lies to us by offering us a sense of self-worth and identity, but leaves us with more questions than when we began. Sin lies to us by pretending to be justice and acceptance, but only brings more conflict and oppression. And there are people out there, 
people in this world, people in your life, maybe it's you, who keep going back to those wells, and they continue to thirst, and they continue to be weak, and they need to know the truth. The bad news of Amos might sound like this uncomfortable message, one that challenges people's lives and their beliefs, it challenges people's hearts. But Amos' message isn't that people are destined for destruction because of God. Amos' message is that people are destined for destruction without God because of their sin. Are we willing to bear the bad news to the people who need to hear it? Are we willing to bear the bad news to each other? That relief only comes from the word of God. Before we close our time this morning, I want to consider one more time the fig tree. The figs and the summer fruits, like I mentioned earlier, are used throughout the Old Testament to hint about the end times, to talk about the end that is near. And when the branch is tender and the leaves are growing, you know the end is coming. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 24. There are institutions, ideologies, even political groups that are claiming to have the fruit. They are pointing out problems in this world and they're saying, we have the solution. We have an answer for that. But when the end is near and it's time for the master of the house to return and harvest, no fruit will be found on those trees. And if we're clinging to those institutions, whatever they are for dear life, then we are gravely mistaken about where life is found. Instead of going to the tree that claims to make us like God, does that sound familiar? We need to rely only on the word of the Lord. Man does not live alone. Uh, on, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word, uh, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that the judgment that's coming is not a famine of bread, it's not a fire and brimstone, it's not, it's, it's not anything scary like that. It's far worse. It's a loss of the word of the Lord. The people who believe that the word of the Lord gives life need to embrace their responsibility to be the bearers of bad news. Because there are people out there who don't believe it, and they need to know, even if they don't want to listen. Like I said at the beginning, next week, we'll shift our focus to the good news. But in reality, the bad news judgment is good news. Because it means that sin has no hold on our life anymore. The good news is also that even when we keep going back to those wells, even when we keep clinging to the wrong trees, Jesus went to hang on the tree for us. If you are not a Christian, then I pray that you will see the glimmer of hope that Jesus died on the cross for you, not because you deserved it, but because he loved you. And if you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to embrace the good news in your life, we'd love to help make that happen. If you are a Christian and you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters this morning, maybe you've not emphasized the word of the Lord in your life the way that you need to, and it's had devastating effects on your life, we'd love to pray with you and pray for you. If you have any need, whether it's here in person or it's on Facebook Live, please make it known. If not right now, then later this week, 
The master is coming home, and it's almost, almost time to harvest. How is your fruit? Is your fruit ready to be harvested? Are you going to say something this week to spread the truth of God's word? My prayer is that if you do, the people will hear it as the good news that it is. But I also pray that even if they don't, even if they think it's bad news, you would still have the boldness to share it anyways. If you have a need this morning, won't you come right now as we stand and as we sing?